Welcome to another episode of Listen, Learn, and Love, hosted by Richard Osler. My guest on today's podcast is my friend, Brian Bagley. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. It's great to be here. We're going to talk about Brian's book. The title of Brian's book is Building Faith Like the Brother of Jared. And I've read some of this book, and it's a wonderful book about the inside of the life of the brother of Jared. And what we're going to do is we're going to spend maybe the first 10 minutes of the podcast um, having Brian share his story to write a book. He is a first-time author. Some of you may be wondering if you should write a book someday. And Brian acted on his impressions and um, now has a published book. He'll talk about where it's available. But I thought it would be good for you listeners to hear Brian's story of why he decided to write this book and kind of follow that dream. But most of the podcast, maybe the last 40 minutes, will be Brian, who I consider now an expert. He may not like that, but I consider him an expert on the brother of Jared. And the things that I've read, the things we've visited before the podcast are wonderful insights about this prophet leader um, and the things that he went through that apply to us today. And I think some of the things that Brian shared will be helpful we offered a prayer, and that's our prayer, that those things that Brian shares today and in this book that we hope that you buy and read will help you in your personal journeys to come into Christ, to be a member, and to stay a member of the church, and and to connect better with the Book of Mormon in general and, and the brother of Jared's story in particular. Um, so welcome again to the podcast, Brian. Thank you. Uh, just by coincidence, I was a Salt Lake City Temple ordinance worker on Friday mornings, and I got released from my YSA assignment. I used to go on Friday mornings, and and Brian started, so we almost overlapped as Salt Lake City Temple workers, and we have that common bond of serving in the temple that we both love. But let's start with um, why you decided to write this book. Well, the the brother Jared has been been my favorite prophet for for a long time. I feel feel a kinship with him and I, I I love what he did he's been an inspiration to me so um, in about about uh, 2009 I was working for an engineering company and and they had the uh, housing bubble come through and there there wasn't a lot of engineering to do at that time and the engineering company uh, pulled us all into a room and they said look we're we, we don't have enough work to keep everyone busy we're either going to have to lay a good number of the engineers off, or we're going to have to put, put our engineers on part-time. And the division that I was working with uh, decided that we would we would go on part-time, so we cut our hours back to about 20 hours a week. And, and during that time, I was struggling with uh, with what I was going to do. I'm, I'm not one to to sit down and watch a lot of TV or something. And But I was uh, reading the Book of Mormon, and I came to the, the section of the brother of Jared and really pondering and thinking about it. And I read the, uh, the, the scripture there where the Lord commands him to go to work and build. And that really hit me. And I thought, you know, I've always, I, I had my contractor's license when I was back in, in college. I put myself through college, uh, finishing basements and remodeling kitchens and that type of thing. And I thought, gee, I've always wanted to build something from scratch. And so I found a little lot in Park City. They were they were going cheap. They couldn't give them away during the housing crisis. So I, I found a lot for twenty five thousand dollars in Park City, and uh, and started building a home. And it, it was kind of a crazy thing to do at that time. Homes weren't selling. 
that wasn't uh, wasn't apparent that you could build a home and make any money. I doing it. I I as I drive to this home every day, I would pass two other homes that had stalled during construction and had been foreclosed on or were being sold by the bank for less than the cost of the materials in the home. And I thought, well, this is a this is a crazy thing to be doing right now. I'm not sure why the why I feel inspired to to go build a home. And I'd uh, uh, next to the home was an open lot that had kind of a, a, a lot of trees growing there. And I I every day before I'd start, I'd go and and pray to the Lord and say, Lord, why am I why am I doing this? Help help me to do this. Help me to find meaning in what I'm doing. And uh, our family worked together. To, to construct this home, we, we found a lot of unity, and it was a it was a good thing for our family to do. And eventually, um, we couldn't sell it when it was finished, but we found a renter. We ended up renting it out, and we were able to to make the payments that we needed to. And and it, it turned into a good thing for our family. The way we grew together, and 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 what we learned together building this home, we ended up buying another lot and building another home up there and and uh, as I did this I was thinking about the brother Jared what would it take to to build the barges he had to con, you know convince his teenagers to wake up at six in the morning and come swing a hammer with me and I need you to hold the other end of this board and, you know there, there was a lot of difficulties and, and resistance that that I ran into and I thought well what, what would it have been like for the brother Jared to do that and as I pondered about the story of the brother Jared some other questions came to my mind and thought, thoughts came to my mind. Um, looking at the story and thinking about the barges, uh, having built a home and wondering about what's the purpose of me doing this, I thought, well, gee, wouldn't the brother Jared have thought the same thing as, as he and his brother and the Jaredites were working on these barges? Surely, when they built the first barge, they, they realized this barge doesn't have any light or air in it. This is not something that we can we can use. There's no way to use this barge. It doesn't make sense. Now, I'm sure his teenagers gave him a lot of pushback and said, why are we doing this, Dad? You know? And what a difficult thing that must have been. And, uh, you know, why, why would he wait until all eight barges were complete before he before he goes to the Lord and said, "Hey Lord, by the way, there's no light or air in here. We're all gonna we're all gonna perish, right?" Is the words that he uses. We'll perish in these barges. And then the next thing I thought is, I'm an engineer. I, I designed this home to get my permit. I had to go through all these reviews. I had to show that I that I met the code that that it had the ventilation in the home that it met that it had the lighting that's required that it had the number of windows and I thought you know surely the Lord is a is the ultimate designer right he he designed the earth he built the earth he designed the plan of salvation he knows the the beginning from the end why wouldn't he know how to build barges or design barges with without light or air that that didn't that was another question that wasn't making sense to me. And uh, a couple other questions that I that I that that uh, occurred to me is um, the brother of Jared at one point ceases to pray to the Lord, and you know, why would a man who's so faithful struggle with his prayers during during his time on the seashore? And then when the Lord commands him to go to work and build. 
he says something interesting. He says, I want you to go to work and build after the manner of barges, which you have hitherto built. And yet in the story, there's no, there's no record of him building barges previously. So where would he have built barges after this manner previously? So are all these questions kind of going through your mind, Brian, as you're building this home in Park City? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I built a home in Park City, and, and I was, you know, studying the scriptures and thinking about it, and, and I kind of came up with a, with a different theory than what I'd, than what I'd read in, in some of the scholarly articles and that, but I, I felt really impressed that, uh, that the Lord had given the plans to build the barges to the brother of Jared, when they first arrived at the seashore and that they had started building those barges when they first arrived at the seashore. If you think, think about, uh, think about the Jaredites as they're traveling through the wilderness, they come to the seashore. They, they would realize that there's only two options. Either the seashore is the promised land that they were seeking or the, the promised lands on the other side of the sea. And, uh, you know, if the, with, with those two options, they would have understood that if the sea, if the promised land is on the other side of the sea, that they needed to go and build barges or boats, boats or ship or something to cross the sea. And they would have known that from the first day they arrived at the seashore. Well, Moroni gives a hint that, that the people knew that they weren't, that the seashore was not the promised land. Moroni says that they dwelt in tents, and dwelt in tents for, for four years on the seashore. Well, these people have previously lived in a city in Babel, right? If you think you're at the promised land, you would certainly start to build houses. If you've got resources to build barges, there's also resources to start building dwellings and places to live and start building your city. But the people didn't do that. They lived in tents. And so it's, it seems pretty obvious to me that they knew they were not at the promised land, and they knew that they needed to continue their journey, and they knew that to continue that journey, they needed to build a ship or a barge or a boat. Now, I want to hold right there for a little bit. I want to come back to, because what caused you to write this book? Yes. Um, answer that question for our listeners. Did that happen in Park City when you were building those homes? Did it happen later? Because there's this story developing in your mind about you know, I'm building homes in Park City. It takes a lot of faith and a tough economic time. And the story of the brother Jared, just share with our listeners before we go back to the brother Jared, what caused you to decide to write a book? Well, I, I, I developed a, uh, after thinking about this and pondering and, and praying about it, I, I developed a theory on, that answers these four questions. It says, this is why the Lord didn't give him a complete set of plans at the beginning. This is why the brother Jared waited till the very end before he asked the Lord and got the answers he was thinking. This is why he struggled on the seashore. And uh, the, the, that theory was, was something that helped me to find meaning in the, in the story of the brother of Jared. And, you know, I, I've kept that, that, idea in the back of my mind for a number of years and uh, uh, about 
about three or four years ago, I was talking with my brother and he said, well, I told him about my experiences and this. And he said, well, you need to write that down. And I started, I started writing it down just as, just for posterity. And as I was doing that, I, I started looking at more and more scholarly articles and I found that no one else had approached the brother Jared that I could find the way that I did. And so when I, as I did, as I began writing this down, I thought that it would be important to help other people see, see the real, uh, the real potential in the story of the brother Jared and, and, and how it can, you know, how it inspired me. I think it can really inspire other people. So. so you started writing it down just for your own posterity. You've got yeah. eight kids. I didn't mention that at being yeah. a podcast. You've yeah. got eight kids. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a big posterity developing at the Bagley home. And yeah, so then it talk about to share with our listeners where it shifted from posterity to a book that's now available at um, Amazon, Siegel Book, and other um, outlets. So, you know, as I as I began writing this down, I I shared it with uh, so, some members of my family, and and they they encouraged me to uh, to rewrite it. <laughs> they said this is this is really good, but it's disorganized, and and uh, to to add some additional thoughts, and 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 as as I did that, it became became more of a more of a, a formal book. And uh, decided to see if, uh, if you know, because it was such an unusual look at the brother Jared, decided to submit it and see if it if it could be published. That's great. So, yeah. Tell our listeners who ultimately agreed to publish it. Well, I, I sent it to Cedar Fort, and I, I was uh, really excited about Cedar Fort because they they had indicated that they could publish it. Uh, faster than than other publishers out there I, you know, when i looked at uh, someplace like deseret book it said that deseret book wanted a six-month review review period and i didn't want it to come out after the book of mormon year i feel like this is a this is something that could really benefit people as they're looking at the brother of jared during the book of mormon year and i wanted it to be out there and available during this this year when we're studying the book of mormon and so I was really pleased when Cedar Fort came back to me, you know, within a week, actually, they came back to me and said, yeah, we, we would like to publish this book. So, And tell our listeners where they can get it. Uh, the book is available at uh, on cedarfort.com. You can order it directly from, from the publisher. Uh, Siegel Books got it on the shelves. Um, you can order it at siegelbook.com, Amazon. Has uh, got it available for order in paperback and Kindle, and uh, there, there's a couple other good outlets out there. But yeah, so um, I just want to remind our listeners: this book that we're going to now talk more about, "Building Faith Like the Brother of Jared" by Brian Bagley. And I like some of these questions before we um, before we went live. Brian's kind of mentioned four questions, and. Um, and so now just tell us more about it, where you, well, you can go wherever you want to go at this point. I just kind of want to lay that groundwork. So two, two questions in particular, right? Why would an all-knowing God give the brother of Jared a set of plans 
that uh, isn't complete? And why would the brother Jared not realize that the boats, the barges, didn't have light and air after he built the first one? I guess one of the things that made me really want to get this published and get it out there is I came across, because I was doing the research on the brother Jared, I came across some anti-Mormon literature. If you go out and Google Brother Jared, you get all kinds of things, right? And so I came across a piece of anti-Mormon literature, and they pounded on these questions. They said, look, you're worshiping a God that doesn't, doesn't even know how to design a boat. <laughs> and your, your prophet is a fool, because what person would, would not realize there's no light in there after building the first one? And he went and built eight of them. And I... I saw some bloggers out there that were trying to answer these questions and say, you know, with, with different with different things. And I thought, no, if you if you if you look at it in a different way, if you look at it from 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 uh, the, this theory that the Lord gave the brother of Jared the plans to build the barges when they first arrived at the seashore, and that he started building these barges, realized that there was no light or air in it, and struggled with that. He said, the Lord's given me an assignment that doesn't make sense. And he probably went to the Lord and prayed and said, Lord, what, what's with these barges? There's no light or air, and we, we will perish. Why would we build these? And in, in my own personal life, I, I felt that when I was up in Park City. I felt like, why did the Lord inspire me to build a home? That doesn't make sense. There's no financial reason to do it. There's there, you know, it, it, financially, it didn't make any sense. Why would the Lord inspire me to do that? And I thought about the times that I prayed about it, and I just felt that the Lord would, that the answer was, do the work I commanded you to do, and worry about the other stuff later, you know? But sometimes, sometimes that, that's a struggle, when the Lord gives you an assignment that, that to all the worldly knowledge that we have, or gives you a challenge or a trial of faith where you're looking at it and say, to all the worldly knowledge that we have, this doesn't make sense. Why am I dealing with this? Why, why is the Lord giving me this challenge, this struggle? Right? Why, why, am, I, why am I out of, out of work or part-time in work at, at this time? And uh, I think the brother Jared struggled with the assignment to build barges that didn't have light and air. And I think the people of Jared, that, you know, also looked at it and said, what, you, you came back from your prayers and you don't have an answer? The Lord didn't tell you? you know, surely God knows how to build a barge with light and air and, and he's not giving you these answers. And I think that's part of the reason the brother Jared struggled in his prayers. And in my book, I, I, I even said that uh, so, someone who doesn't pray for a number of years is probably someone who in, in our church some some may label them as inactive, right? And I think think that's a, a was a, a real struggle of the brother of Jared. And after four years, the Lord comes to him and says, you know, you haven't been praying, you haven't completed the work that I gave you to do, you need to go to work and build. Build the barges after the manner which you have hitherto built. You, know, you started one, you didn't get it finished, you saw the problems, so you need to go and finish eight. I'm sure the brother Jared said, but there's no light in there. And he said, go to work and build them. Do the work that I commanded you to do, and trust me, 
So there's a lot of perils I'm thinking to what you're teaching and with the brother of Jared in our own individual lives. And I'm where, you know, sometimes I just, I like Elder Bednar's talk where he talks about there's a lot of fog often as we're seeking personal revelation. And he kind of talks about light switches, dramatic personal revelation where the whole room lights up, but most of the personal revelation receives very gradual, very line upon line. And I think one of the principles he teaches in that is to move forward. You can often see the next step you're supposed to take. And if you stay connected to the Lord in prayer, eventually clarity becomes. And so it's interesting that that's part of what you're sharing here in the brother of Jared's story. Yes. I, I like exactly what you, what you said. I think, you know, I, I've talked about the four questions there, but I think to me, as I read the brother of Jared, there's, there's, one other question that really stood out to me. And as you read the story, you're looking at uh, page 490 on the Book of Mormon, down on the, the lower right-hand corner is where the Lord chastises the brother of Jared, chastises him for three hours, and says, you, you, you remember not to call upon my name. And chastises him and says, uh, the Spirit of the Lord will not, will, will not always strive with man and, and if, if you don't repent, you can be cut off from my presence, right? And you think about someone who hadn't prayed in years, who, who in our, our terms today may be inactive. And then you take the Book of Mormon, you turn the page, and you're looking at page 492, again, the lower right-hand corner, and that is the verse, down, down in that section is where he sees the finger of the Lord, where he sees the Lord Jesus Christ. And to me, I thought, wow, what an amazing transformation. On one page, over here, the brother of Jared's inactive, hasn't prayed in years. He turned the page, um, same spot, two pages over, he's standing in the presence of God. What does it take to, to make that transformation, to, to go from being inactive to standing in the presence of God? That's what I want to do, right? I, I have my struggles. I have, I have my times where I struggle to pray and but I want to I want to build my faith like the brother of Jared what what was it that uh, that changed this man from from inactive to standing in the presence of God and the answer that came to me is the barges the Lord gave him, a, him an assignment but didn't give him the answer the barges had to be built by faith you say line upon line and learning, you know, getting light to do to take the next step. To him, the next step was cutting down the next tree or sawing the next board or driving the next nail. And each time you're doing this, you're thinking, this doesn't make sense. There's no light. I'm, I'm in here in the pitch black applying tar to the inside of these boats <laughs> so they'll be waterproof. And why am I doing this, right? And you think about what it would take to do that, but I think... Each of those acts is an act where you're going, this doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust the Lord to do it anyway. And as you do that line upon line, each time you do it, it adds a drop of faith to your, into your reservoir. And I think that the Lord, from the very beginning, knew that the brother of Jared didn't have, and the Jaredites, didn't have the faith necessary 
to, to inhabit the promised land, the faith that he needed them to have to, to dwell in the promised land, to, to go and build his kingdom there like he intended them to do. And the Lord planned the barges with these, with these issues in them, with these defects, if you will, in them, with the specific plan to build the faith of the brother Jared and the Jaredites, to give them a, a, a trial, a trial of faith that would give them the opportunity to increase their faith to where he needed them to be to, to make that journey. And so, you know, it, it answers all the questions. The Lord, you know, wasn't really, wasn't really interested in building barges. My, my, my uh, anti-Mormon friend who writes about how, how we worship God that, that doesn't know how to build barges, the Lord wasn't really interested in building barges. The Lord's plan was to build the faith of the people. That was the important thing, is to build the faith of the people. And he did that by giving them a challenge, which at first they failed. At first they said, no, this doesn't make sense. I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to build a barge that doesn't have light and air. I, I know that that would kill me, right? I know that, that we would perish in there. But eventually they had to say no. Uh, eventually after the Lord came to him and chastised them, he realized that they had to be built on faith. That the Lord, faith of the Lord would eventually give them the answers they needed. And I think that was the difference. Those eight barges were the difference between an inactive man and a prophet of God. And it's amazing to me that the Lord could foresee, foresee all of this and put this plan together for the salvation of the brother of Jared and for the salvation of the Jaredites and thought of all these things beforehand. And you, you it, you know, my friend who says, who's, who, or the, my inactive friend who says, uh, or, or, sorry, the, the uh, anti-Mormon fellow who says, uh, you're worshiping a God who doesn't know how to build barges, but we worship a God who knows how to build faith, who knows how to build people, who knows how to build perfection in us by giving us the exact challenges we need, even though we can't see it. I love that. And there's, as you know well, there's so many people that face challenges today. And we sometimes, I think of my own parenting, Brian, we have six kids, you have eight, but often you want to eliminate challenges from your children and make it easier for them. That's our intuitive, I think, as a parent, but often we our most effective parenting, and every parent has to figure out how to navigate this, is when we step back a little bit and let our children learn and grow, even if it comes with some short-term setbacks that help build some of the foundational skills they need to be able to become the, the men and women they're trying to come. Yes. And I look at what you're teaching us about Heavenly Father and his role with the brother of Jared and seeing the big picture and what he's trying to accomplish with this prophet and his role in the promised land and recognizing that he's got to go through this period of time that's going to refine him in a way that he needs to be refined to become the prophet he is meant to become. Yes. And, But it's really hard for those of us that 
are I'm imagining now I want to go back and talk to the brother of Jared during these four years. <laughs> yes, um, sure. Uh -huh. And just because we've all, and all of us that are sort of in that spot where we're maybe not praying as much and we've lost vision of our original intent and our original hopes and talk more about this four years. I think you said it's four years from when he arrived at the seashore, if that's the right vocabulary, recognizing yeah. this isn't the promised land. He's got more work to do. He's received, and he stops praying. Why do you think he stopped praying? Is it because he just, do you think it was sin-related? Do you think it was complacency? Or do you think it was, I, or do you think it was people around him? We know with the Lamanites, I mean, sorry, with Nephi and his building a boat, there's a lot of opposition that's recorded. Um, I don't know if there's yeah. a lot of opposition that he faced in getting all the troops in line. Just tell us more about what do you think was going on? And maybe it was just the design of the barges that he was just lost hope a little bit because he didn't know how it was going to work. Well, I, I, I look at Nephi and how he struggled with his brothers and his family and building the barge. They're building their, their ship. And, uh, and you know, the ship that Nephi had had a sail that had a way to steer. <laughs> it it uh, didn't go beneath the waves. And yet he still struggled convincing the people that uh, he could build a seaworthy ship, right? And I I think of that in terms of the brother of Jared, who was assigned to build a barge that was completely unusual, tight like a dish, uh, would not so tight that it would not allow any penetration of light or air. And you're working with very intelligent people who, who came from the land of Babel, who had meticulously planned their journey. They put all these provisions aside. They built, built a vessel to carry, the, to carry live fish. You know, very intelligent people in my estimation. And I, I think he, he certainly would have gotten some pushback from the, from the people saying, saying, look, look this, this vessel you've asked us to build doesn't make sense. And... I, I think the brother of Jared also, if you look at his prayers to that point, every every prayer that the brother of Jared took to the Lord, he he received a, a pretty direct answer to. He went to the Lord and he said, Lord, don't confound our language. And the Lord answers his prayer. And he says, Lord, where 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 should we go? And the Lord tells him to go down into the, the valley of Nimrod. And then he goes to the valley of Nimrod. The, the clouds there and, and leads them on this journey through the wilderness. And, and it seems like every prayer that the brother Jared asked up to that point is met with, with, with an answer, right? But when the brother Jared comes to the seashore and he goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, why did you give me an assignment to build barges without light and air? And the only answer he gets is the whisperings of the spirit saying, Trust me and keep doing it. And, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes we're so uh, distracted by the deficiencies that are glaring in our eyes that we, we can't uh, feel the, the soft whisperings of the Spirit that says, trust me and move forward. And so I think that was, that was uh, you know, the, the pushback from the people, the feeling that his prayers weren't being answered when all of his prayers to that point had been answered. I think that contributed to to uh, some of the struggles on the seashore. There, there's certainly a lot of other po possibilities. The seashore is probably a nice place to be. It probably had great sunsets, lots of fish, fruit on the trees. You know, there, there's very likely some complacency there. 
Um, and then again, you look at look at life, and sometimes life isn't easy. There, there can be some really difficult things in, in life, and maybe there are some other things that happen on the seashore. Maybe there was a, a, some sickness there or some loss or something that, that may have occurred there that, that is, is a part of life. And you know, sometimes it takes, takes a while to realign your heart with, with the will of God after you experience some of these trials. So any of those things could have happened, but I, but I do think that the barge the lack of light and, and air in the barges probably was a, a contributory factor in that. Yeah, and you're an engineer, and I think we all recognize the need for light and air in a boat. Yes. A barge, a boat, a submarine, something. That, and so it'd be interesting just to be where the brother of Jared is with Faith building these and, and the impact that would have on him and maybe the voices around him, to your point, doubting what he's doing. Um, and he's faith, and so that you could see how that could cause him perhaps to, you know, separate himself a little bit and get down on himself or wonder about his mission or, you know, has he done the right thing? And yeah, um, so I like that. And mm -hmm. what, um, you, you know, talk, I, I, I look at that four years on the seashore too, and I think that there was probably growth during that time. Maybe not in terms terms of you know what we normally think of as spiritual growth, but I think there's learning that occurred during that time too. You know, uh, I, I think he 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 probably pushed back on the Lord a little bit and said, you know, why, why would we build barges without light and air? And then expected something to happen. You know, expected an answer to come or. Or said, "Well, we'll we'll sit and wait <laughs> while you make up your mind, Lord. Uh, you know, before we before we continue on with this this endeavor." And I think um, th there's there's some learning when you try to do something your own way, and after a period of time, you realize, "Well, that didn't, that didn't work out the way I, I expected it to." We're still here. We're still living in tents. We were hoping to be in the promised land by now. Maybe we should try the Lord's way again. Maybe we learned something from those four years, and it, sometimes failure is a is can contribute to our faith as well. I love that. What happened? Um, do you think the brother for the Lord to start talking to the brother of Jared again after these four years? Yeah. Did the Lord just lose patience? Did the brother of Jared move into a place that perhaps isn't recorded where he was? praying more and more humble and it what do you think happened there to cause the lord to reach out to the brother of jared and kind of chastise him that that's a good question that's a good question i've wondered that a lot myself i'm i'm not sure what what would have brought them brought those two back together again and and maybe it was the lord saying okay it's it's time you've learned your lesson uh, let, let, let's have a chat again, or maybe the brother Jared encountered another another personal trial or something, and and uh, the the faith that had been in the the back of his heart buried for three or four years caused him to to go back to the Lord. I'm I'm not sure there, but uh, that that is a that is a question I want to ask him someday. <laughs> yeah, and you would know that I'm, I would guess, listeners, that any question I ask Brian, he has thought of. <laughs> as you've been studying the life of the brother Jared. 
Um, one of the stories that we haven't talked about yet is, um, I don't know when this made a big impression on me, Brian, maybe Mission Age or even before, but it, and I hope I can communicate this accurately, but I remember when it came time to find light for the barges, mm -hmm. um, the Lord sort of asked the brother of Jared for the recommended solution. Yes. And that, for me, has been hardwired into me as I've somebody taught me that at a point in my life where I've just always remembered that often I'm meant to come up with my own recommended solutions and not just say, Lord, solve this for me. And I, as a business owner, I've, I've noticed how I've taken that very philosophy and asked my employees when they present a problem, I, I often say, what's your solution? You know, I want them to come to me with the solution or their yes. very best thinking versus just put it back in my lap. Talk about um, that part of the story. Uh, it's, it's very interesting how the Lord answered the brother of Jared's prayers. Because there, there, were three, there were three defects in the barges. There was no, no light, no air, and there was no way to steer. So the Lord really answered the brother of Jared's prayers in, in four different ways. The first way was go to work and do the work that I, I command you to do. Have faith in me, trust me, do the work, and then come back. And when you, when you finish that work, come back and, and ask me, right? And the brother of Jared does that. He builds all eight barges, all eight of them, just the way the Lord gave him the plans, all the defects in them, dangerous and all, he, he builds them that way. And he goes to the Lord and says, okay, Lord, I've done this. I've built all eight of these barges the way you've commanded me to do. And he says, now, now will you give me the answer to, to these three questions that I have, to these three concerns that I have? And notice the Lord answers them one by one. The first one he answers is the, is the lack of air. And he gives him, gives him a direction. He says, okay, since you've completed this, here's how we can provide for the air. Go and, and cut, cut holes in the barges here and here. And he gives him that direction. And he goes and he does that, right? So, so some of our concerns, the Lord will give us a direction. That, that will happen occasionally. The Lord's got it figured out. He's got the plan. He'll just give us more of the plan and say, this is the direction you need to go. But the light is a very interesting one in that the Lord says, what do you think? And I, I see that as a, as a progression in the faith of the brother of Jared. Now, each, each way the Lord answers the question is, is, depends upon that increasing faith, right? The first time he says, do the work that I commanded you to, commanded you to do. And the Lord and the brother of Jared goes and starts building the barges, knowing there's no light in there. And he builds his faith up to a certain level to the point where he can go to the Lord and say, okay, I did that. What's next? And the Lord says, put air, cut holes for, for air. And doing that builds the, the, the faith of the brother of Jared at another level. He can say, the Lord did plan for air in these barges from the very beginning. The place is there for these holes to be cut. You know, from, a, from an engineering standpoint, you would the, the reinforcement in the, in, the, in the barge or whatever is there so these holes can be cut. I can see that the Lord did have a plan in this the whole time. And so that increases his faith. And then the Lord kind of gives him the, the next step and says, okay, 
for the light, what, what would you propose? And the brother Jared has to go back and, and think about this and come up with his own solution. And I, I talk a little bit about, about that in the, in the book, but you think about where would you find light? Where would you find light in a dark barge? And, you know, today, today we've got incandescent bulbs, we've got fluorescent lights. <laughs> it, you know, we, we know where to find light. It, it, it wouldn't uh, throw, us, throw us off to, to put light in a barge like that. But you think about the brother of Jared and what sources of light would, would he be familiar with? You've got the sun, the moon, the stars. You can't put those in the barge. You've got uh, fire. You can't put that in the barge, right? That's going to suck up even more of the oxygen. Um, lightning, can't put that in there. Maybe you can go bring, bring 300 fireflies with you and try and keep them alive while you're crossing the ocean. That's not going to work. But there's, I think there's one other source that the brother Jared saw, and that would have been, if you think about Moses in the burning bush and the brother Jared in the cloud, I imagine there was light coming out of the cloud. There's the light of Christ emanating from the cloud as he talked with the, with the Lord in the cloud. And you think about the light that would come from, from Jesus Christ, and that would be the light that you want. That is the light that can give light, life, in the darkness, light, life, light and life in the bottom of the ocean, right? And I think at some point it, it came to him, he said, that's, that's where I can get the light that I need, is I've got to go to him and ask him for it, right? And I'll, I'll create something to, to hold that light that can capture that light, but I've got to get it from him. Because that's the only source that I know of that has the light that can light these barges. I love that. And I'm thinking, um, you know, that's a core part of that story. And I I was talking with a young man and we were reflecting on Elder Holland when he um, talked about going from home teaching to ministering. And I believe his words were a higher, holier way and really moving us out of a kind of a checklist mentality to a ministering mentality where it was more principle-based. And I thought of that and also thought about what I think our leaders are trying to do is to get us to seek personal revelation and not necessarily rely on our leaders for every single answer to every single question. I think they want to get us to a higher law um, where we're, we're learning um, based on the gospel of Jesus Christ to receive personal revelation for us mm -hmm. and not just be kind of spoon-fed because each of us have our own paths and our own personal revelation. And that's one of the things I like about that story is I think it teaches that principle of personal revelation and that I'm not just going to answer this question for you here. I want you to do some work. Um, and then I will answer that question for you, but I, I want you to do some work and I want you to learn a better way of decision-making that will help you in the long run versus just have me tell you the answers all the time. I know that I try to do that as a parent. I want to teach my children how to learn to make really good decisions and develop skills to make this good decisions going forward versus just give them the answer. And obviously, as a mortal parent, I may not know the best answer. Uh -huh. 
Um, obviously, Heavenly Father does, but I've thought, I haven't really thought about that till you just suggested that, Brian, is the link between that story and what I think our leaders are trying to do currently with us is get the members of the church to, to better seek personal revelation and kind of move from, you know, from the old program of home teaching, which is kind of a checklist. We feel good. We've just done the visit to actually a principle-based program where we've got to truly minister to somebody, and we've got to figure out how to do that that's right for them and not just on a checklist basis. Mm -hmm. So fascinating that story's there and what our leaders are trying to do for us now. Yes. Uh huh. One one thing I, I I also think about that story is the Lord asked the brother Jerry said what what would you do to provide light in it? And one thing that I I felt really impressed with is that the Lord knew how the brother Jared would react to that. The Lord knew from the very beginning that the brother Jared would end up coming back to him to get that light, and that by Doing that by going through all these things that he did, he would have the faith necessary to break through the veil. And the Lord had, had planned that. that. That was part of the Lord's plan, and he foresaw that. And when he said, you come up with something and come back to me, he already knew that the brother of Jared was going to come back and request, request the light. And you look at what he had planned for him in that vision, and it's clear that the Lord knew that the potential of the, the brother Jared and, and knew that he was going to come back and knew that he would, uh, would would be able to see his finger. I don't think he was surprised at all by that. It's really cool. Uh, talk about um, a lot people in our church often have questions about our church that can lead them to lose faith in our church. Um, are there principles or parts of this story that you would want to share with listeners they are struggling to believe in the church or stay in the church or navigate their faith in the church, that as you look at the story of the brother of the Jared, that it's there to help people in that area. And what would you point out? Well, I, I, I look at the brother Jared and I think I, I can relate to him because he had his struggles. He had his challenges. There was a, a time in, in my estimation where he, he, he doubted his doubted himself or doubted the, maybe even doubted the revelation he received from, from the Lord. Um, uh, Book Mormon Central ha- has a really interesting piece on the brother of Jared where they, they compare the brother, the prayer of the brother of Jared to the prayer of Jonah. And, uh, you know, to, to me, the brother of Jared is a little bit like Jonah. The Lord gave him a commandment said, go and build these barges. And he, and he got it, gets into it, and he says, uh, maybe, maybe that's not what I want to do. Maybe I'm gonna <laughs> try try something else or come up with my own plan, or or uh, you know, I, I'm not quite sure that what the Lord's directed me to do really makes sense to me. And uh, I I think with that struggle, with him feeling like the Lord's given me a commandment that uh, that I don't see an answer to that I don't that, that doesn't make sense according to worldly knowledge I think he did struggle and kind of had a Jonah experience if you will where he left the Lord for a period of time or ran the other direction for a period of time because he didn't want to take this the assignment that the Lord had given him or didn't know how to how to handle the assignment the Lord had given him but the Lord 
in his wisdom and his plan. That's the very assignment that he needed. That's exactly what he needed in order to build his faith, in order to become the, the prophet that he was supposed to become, in order to obtain the promised land, in order to reach the celestial kingdom, if you will. The war, he needed those exact trials and those exact challenges. He needed a period where his prayers weren't answered so that he could build the barges by faith that the Lord had, had come to when he first found the lack of light and Aaron the barges and said, yeah, you're right. I was, I was testing it. Here's the answers. He wouldn't have built the faith he needed to, to enter the presence of the Lord. It was all in the Lord's plan. And I think the Lord, yeah, it's a very intricate plan when you think about it. The Lord says, okay, I'm going to bring you out of Babel. I'm going to lead you through the wilderness. I'm going to give you an assignment to build barges that is specific for you. I, he could have given them any ship. He could have given, given them Nephi ship, or, but he gave them the barges that were specific for him so that he could get his salvation. And sometimes when I'm in a challenge, I feel that way. I feel like this doesn't make any sense. Why am I experiencing this? Why aren't my prayers being answered? And I think about the brother Jared, and I think the Lord has a better plan that is way beyond my understanding. The Lord is going to give me the challenges I need to have that, so that I can reach the celestial kingdom. He's got that plan and I don't always understand it. And sometimes not answering my prayers is a part of that plan so that I can move forward in faith and build the faith that I need so that someday I can be in his presence. I like that. And, you know, it would be fascinating to go and talk to the brother Jared right now in those four years. The Lord knew what was going to happen, but here I look at what happened because of his faith and and the barges were built and they came to the promised land. And But then I look at this story in the Book of Mormon yeah. and the fact that it exists there. The brother Jared, unless he got some insights into how this story, it's helping people thousands of years later. Um, connect with God and our Savior and make better decisions and stay closer with God. Your book, I mean, it'd be fascinating. The brother of Jared would be stunned to know that in the year 2020, a book has been written about what happened to him and the lessons that really bring credit to the brother of Jared in a positive way. I would have to think he's up there in heavens going, wow. You know, if only I'd known back then what this experience, lonely on the seashore, would mean for me and, and millions of other people. Um, I'm so grateful I had that experience. And I think I like what you're suggesting it is that experience. All of us have those by the seashore type of experiences where we're just in a tough spot. And it may be by design we're in a tough spot, and it may be part of our mortal plan. And the principles that you're sharing and the principles that the brother of Jared um, did get us through those tougher times. And and we can look back and be really glad we hung in there during those very difficult times. I wonder if you're going to someday meet the brother of Jared. Brian, you are. You're a young guy, so that's a long ways off. Um, I'm concerned it'll punch me in the nose for saying that he went inactive. But... <laughs> 
I think he's aware of your book, and I think it brings him joy that his experience is blessing people today. Well, I I, I hope that you know if, if somewhere out there is someone who's maybe been inactive or has their struggles and can look at the brother Jared and, and feel that it's that relationship with him the way I have felt it and and can see that uh, you know, even even if you're in a position where where you've lost your faith or you're struggling with that, you've given up on the Lord. The Lord really has not given up on you. The Lord still has those perfect plans in place to bring you back. Now, one, one experience that I had writing, writing this book is there's, a, is there's a, a verse in there that talks about, that says the Lord would not suffer that they should remain on the seashore, but that they should cross the ocean and come to the promised land, right? And I remember one day working in the temple, reading that verse, and just feeling overwhelmed that the Lord desires us to cross that, to make that journey, that he, he, he will not suffer us to, to get stuck on the seashore if there's anything he can possibly do to, to help us to climb in our, in our own barge and to make that journey, to put, put the faith in him to enter a vessel that can't be steered and, and embark into an endless ocean and trust him to steer our lives, right? But I just felt overwhelmed that, that the Lord doesn't want us stuck in the, in the telestial terrestrial world. He desperately wants us to come back, and he's not, he, he will do everything that he can to bring us back to him no matter where we are, no matter how lost we think we are. He wants us back so desperately. Love that. We're at the end of the podcast. Brian, do you have any last a final thought you'd like to share with our listeners? It, you know, I have I have felt really blessed to have the opportunity to to write this book and to to share some of the, the thoughts that I have there. I'm I I'm an I'm an engineer. I'm a you know one of the uh, you know not really someone who 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 thought that I would ever write a book, but I, I feel really uh, blessed to to have the opportunity to do this and, and I'm grateful uh, to to have been able to do that and that Cedar Fort would would consider publishing my book and and put it out there and I, I hope that it gives some inspiration to other people the way it has blessed and inspired me. And I hope more people can see the 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 great man and the the brother of Jared is and the struggles that he had, and the the plan that the Lord had to to redeem this this person, and can feel the love that the Lord has for for these people, no matter what their struggles are or how 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 lost they feel or where they are in their in their journey, and can see that the Lord has a plan to bring them back them back to Him. I love that. I'm. And that's, I think, there's so many parts of this podcast I really like, but part of it is I like that Brian's an engineer. He's not an author, but he just acted on this impression, um, this story that's been close to him for a long time to write it down and then turn it into a book. And I would think there was a lot of fog, Elder Bednar fog, between this book that's sitting in front of me, this beautiful book with wonderful artwork 
um, and those early days. And so that's a message for all of our listeners, all of us, just to follow your dreams and act on your impressions. And you may think that that's something somebody else does. They write books or somebody else does that. But I think you can act on your impressions to write books if you feel like that's something you could do or to build a home. Um, and just if you have good relationship with Heavenly Father and act on your impressions, you can do things that maybe you didn't think were possible. And then the other part of this podcast, which is the core of it that Brian's been sharing with us, is the life of the brother Jared. And I just look at the Book of Mormon written for our day, and often something hits me kind of like a ton of bricks sometimes, like this story. And I'm just thinking the Book of Mormon could exist without... Um, the Jaredites. I mean, it's a wonderful book. It's a test, you know, it's the cornerstone of a religion. But here is this other group of people stuck in there um, that has unique things that are written for our day, including this beautiful story that we all can relate to. So the name of the book, again, is Building Faith Like the Brother of Jared by Brian L. Bagley. I encourage everybody to get, find that on Amazon, Siegel Book, um, grateful for our friends at Cedar Fort um, for their efforts to publish the book and all the good they're doing. And thank you, Brian, for being on an episode of Listen, Learn, and Love with Richard Austin. Mm -hmm.